Thanks so much for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Today, Pastor Matt and I are having a conversation about 1 Corinthians 15. Let's jump in. Hey, good evening on this Faithful Tuesday. I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here to have ourselves... A conversation. A conversation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you like that delay? That was good. Yep. It was supposed to be a little awkward, but it wasn't super awkward, was, was awkward it? at all. Let us know in the comments how awkward that was. Just I was going. I, I jumped in and saved it. I shouldn't have. I was going for like a 12 out of 10 on the awkward meter, <laughs> and I didn't. I missed it. You, you typically do well with the awkward meter, just saying. Generally. I Generally do. Generally <laughs> speaking. Man. So you were back in the pulpit for the first time this week. Back in the saddle again. After a two-week hiatus. It was great. Thank you for that hiatus. You're welcome. Yeah. As if you didn't work at all for two weeks. Yeah. That didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. This guy's child was being born, and he's like, let me call this guy back real quick. Gotta... (laughs) I'm a floor him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you wear multiple hats. It's true. It is what it is. Look, just wearing one hat for a week, I'm good with. I'm like, yeah, Man, I've got some That's time a vacation. Off. <laughs> but then I always have my wife reminding me, no, you don't. You don't understand what that is. <laughs> yeah. You clearly don't know what time off means. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if you subscribe and like this podcast and become a supporter by clicking the link in the description on if you're listening audio I think it's just audio. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, if you contribute <laughs> enough, he'll take some time off. No, I won't. It's going to have to be a substantial amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm expensive. Like a seven-figure sum of money. <laughs> seven. Um, <laughs> because I work for things, not just for money. She. Yeah, like, you know, self-esteem. and No, I'm kidding. Mm, yep. <laughs> we will work, work for the kingdom. Yep. So this week we're talking about, we're jumping back into 1 Corinthians, and we're talking jumping. about... 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, we are. The big point of focus in this chapter being uh, the resurrection, I would say. Yes, it would is. Would you agree? I would agree. With Wholeheartedly. Your, with your sermon title, mm-hmm. Death is Cheating You. Yes, it and is. And so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Just death is cheating you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just <laughs> whacked myself in the tooth. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right. Well. It, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's jump in. Let's get it. All right, well, here we are. So, weird question. Well, not a weird question. I guess just a random question. Random. If you could vacation, mm-hmm. assuming you were to take a vacation mm-hmm. anywhere in the world yeah, for free, where would you go? For free? Um, right now, at this moment, mm-hmm. uh, Disney World. Disney World? Yeah, because I think my kids would love it. Okay. Well, that's our next destination. Yeah. Yeah, our next destination is Disney. And, and I'm well aware that there are just so many incredible places in the world <laughs> that are far better than Disney World. But Are there, right, though? Right now, I think so. Right now, in this moment, I would say Disney World just because, you know, my kids would absolutely love it. And yeah. I think it would be wonderful. So that's that's our next destination. That's awesome. I really wish it wasn't so far. Yeah? It's yeah. not too bad. Well, I guess if you fly, it's not bad. Well, I think we're going to do... Um, you know, it's if if you've been to Disney before, it's it's all about staying on property. Uh, I would say. Oh, that's right. You were talking about uh, like renting an RV. That's right. Doing it that way. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking about 
maybe like February, somewhere in there, you know, because it's it's so hot in the summer, you know. So I'm thinking maybe somewhere. Yeah. You know, the uh, heat is not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometime February, maybe March, mm-hmm. and it's like not uh, these like RV companies, you know, where you can just uh, cruise America or whatever. Like it's astronomical. It's so expensive. But I found this app that it's like an Airbnb for RVs. A word from our sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> that would be sponsor cool. Sponsor us, please. I'll sponsor you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, um, I, I forget what it was called, but I'll find it again, you know. But you could get someone, anybody can list their RV on there. The insurance was good as far as like through the company, like a Turo kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're going to do. Maybe um, pull it with the new, if we can get a trailer, pull it with the new uh, SUV or something mm-hmm. like that. Because you can, you can have and stay on, I think it's Fort Wilderness or something like that, but mm-hmm. it's a Disney property campground and so you have access to all the amenities it's really cool and it's a lot cheaper it's like maybe 60 a night or something like that oh oh that's dirt cheap you couldn't stay at a motel six for 60 bucks a night well i mean you're staying in your trailer you're just getting their water and electricity for 60 i wouldn't let somebody park in my driveway for 60 bucks (laughs) well yes you would i would (laughs) (laughs) if you're out there and you're like man if i it could be 200 i i'm this has been a long time since i've looked it (laughs) up you're gonna get down there and just be disappointed when they're like all right yeah so it's 350 a night and and you're gonna be like wait a minute i thought it was 60 bucks (laughs) yeah and they're gonna be like no it's it's never been that (laughs) ever and nor will it be uh but that's all i want to do i want to go down and experience that like campground with uh yeah the glamping kind of thing. glamp yeah so we'll we'll try that so that's the next place i want to go sounds like a good time there it is hopefully well so this uh man this week i was just looking at the audio you actually didn't go horrendously long uh <laughs> not that i'm surprised horrendously at all long. uh <laughs> it wasn't horrific <laughs> Um, but First Corinthians 15, kind of jumping back in. 58 um, verses. 58 verses. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I was like, well. How did you, so did you just kind of hop? Yeah. Kinda well, through it? not really. I kind of chopped it up and just had a progression of thought, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I felt like would resonate with folks and, um, you know, kind of bounced around a little bit in the text to, to create yeah. that. And I mean, you could spend months in there. You could. And um, I think that's what a lot of people or some people may not understand, but like, you know, if we, you know, everybody wants to say that they preach chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and mm. most of the time they do, but it, it is literally impossible to yeah. to cover everything in a given chapter when you literally pick up a commentary and there's probably several pages on just one verse. I read you commentaries know. for two days. Yeah, there's so much. Two days, just like constant reading yes. you know, on, on this. And I, I just felt like it was important. I'll always feel like it's important until I'm digging into original languages, you know, myself, you know, and some of those things. I just feel like it's a safe thing to do. Even so, I think it's Um, always helpful to have, you know, I think that's, I was telling somebody recently, I feel like regardless of how we feel about each other, Mm -hmm. you know, or regardless of how smart we think we are, it's always healthy to get opinions and insight and perspective from others in the body. That's right. Because that's part of the reason that the church gathers and, and is what it is yeah we need is each so other. we can bounce off of each other yeah and a multitude of counselors there's safety Proverbs yes. says and, mm-hmm. and you know that's even with sermon prep and maybe not just even with but especially <laughs> and a multitude for. of commentaries there is safety unless <laughs> one of them's a john macarthur commentary oh man you've um, been hitting on john mac <laughs> every week i say so much i like john macarthur for the record Oh, oh my, goodness. my goodness. But yeah, so I think for me it was just a ton of reading leading up to this. 
just to kind of free me to say kind of some of the things that, that yeah. I felt like the text was saying. And mm-hmm. just I want to make it practical. I don't want, especially at our church, maybe this would be a different story. Like a John MacArthur, right? If he's been preaching 50 years in, you know, Grace Community Church, mm-hmm. like he's going to wade in the minutia. He's right. There are people there that need that. And I'm not trying to say that Bethlehem can't handle that, but Bethlehem can't handle that. That's not where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I have to make it abundantly clear and know our body and, and where we are and shepherd our people. So, yes, um, it was just important for me taking a topic like the resurrection and knowing how <laughs> taking literally the most important event in history yeah. ever and then trying to unpack that in 45 minutes. Well, it's difficult. I, I think for me it was more how do I make this attainable? How do I make something that's absolutely unattainable? How do I make something that's absolutely like it's not palatable at all, mm-hmm. right, for our generation, for any generation? It's like that's a miracle. That's supernatural. That's yeah. not something that you can just convince someone of. That's that takes supernatural uh, supernatural convincing, right? And supernatural abilities. So uh, I didn't want it to stay in the clouds, um, no pun intended, but I didn't want, want it to stay there. I, I wanted it to resonate. You know, I wanted it to uh, be something that, that was practical. Yeah, that's really important. Mm-hmm. And we say all this to say, if you're listening to this, our goal in doing this is to, you know, to give you good biblical content that can yeah. empower you to live your Christian life. Sounds like an and intro that I heard. <laughs> it sounds like an intro. Recently. Uh, look, we're trying some different stuff. <laughs> Bear with me. Maybe um, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're oh building, God. literally building the plane as we're flying it. Oh, but yeah. you know, when you hear preaching, and then when you hear this, like, understand that this this is not. I had a joke. Uh, <laughs> it's way too soon, though. Is it? Well, yeah, we'll let it okay. go. Yeah, um, it was a good one, though. Was it? Oh, it was a good one. Was it about me? No. Oh, okay. No. I was gonna say if it's about me, you might as well just throw it out there. Building the plane as we're flying. I, I, I okay. Never I'm mind. I get. I, get <laughs> I, I know where you're going with that. No 9/11 jokes. Oh gosh. It's too soon. Yeah. Um, no, it was about Afghanistan, but Ooh. yeah, anyway. Yeah, too soon. Yeah, way yeah. too soon. Um, wow. Yeah, this administration. We'll scrub that. A joke. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Um, but anyway, the, the sermon and the conversation, like these are never be all end all things. We're just picking no. out things. Yeah. Um, but these are tools that you can use to further uh, your knowledge of the word of God and, and give you some insight to dig in yourself. Yeah. Um, and you prayerfully know. you listen to the message. Right. Know. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the message yet, the link is in the description. That's we right. encourage you to do so. It was really good. Um, I appreciate know. that. Yeah. It's mm. always good. Mm. You know, you were back on fire this week. Hey, everybody could tell you were ready to get into it after you got finished, like greeting everybody. <laughs> hey, Mr. <laughs> So-and-so. Oh, hi. How are you? Oh, hey, good to see you. <laughs> You know, oh <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah, like twenty, and it's all in the that. recording, That's so hilarious. it's good. But oh what do you gosh. do? You're a pastor. You love your people. Well, you could tell I just didn't have time to howdy with folks beforehand. <laughs> I was just running around. Things were, we're back to two services this week, yeah. which was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Worship was different. You know, it it was yeah, it yeah. it was hectic. You could feel it. Mm-hmm. But Hope next y'all week enjoy we'll your second service. <laughs> I know, right? We don't have two free minutes. <laughs> <laughs> But next week will it'll be better for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll be a little bit more adjusted. But anyway, so, so let's talk about uh, the resurrection. It looks like Let's your your intro text here. You actually start at, at verse fifty. Yeah, yeah, fifty mm-hmm. fifty eight. I think fifty fifty eight. Yep. Yeah, we mm-hmm. s- we start at the end, and that's kind of you know setting the tone for you know where where I was headed with this. I'm I'm trying to get them. I'm trying to take them on this journey here mm-hmm. with this topic of of the resurrection ver- versus. 
you know, kind of like treating each thing of what does our resurrection look like? What would our resurrection body look like? Mm-hmm. He, he talks about a lot of that stuff. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, there's some eschatological stuff in there. You mm-hmm. know, I really didn't get into it, though. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. There is. And, and what's interesting is it's such a neat thing. Like, I feel like if the Bible was written in the 21st century, mm-hmm. I, if I were Paul, I'd have been like, all right, listen, this is the, what the anatomy of your resurrected body looks like. But he doesn't really seem to care much. Mm-mm. Like, not a... Like very like heaven is talked about very little even in the New Testament resurrection bodies and and you know all these different things that we seem to want to know are just never yeah. at the forefront of anybody's brain Mm-mm. you know but he does talk a little bit about it which is cool yeah and I think for you know that's kind of the the idea is it's more about the faith it's always more about the faith it's more about the belief it's about the acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. rather than the details on the other end. Right. You know? We're more concerned about the implications of the faith instead of instead just the, of faith. the faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a good one. Well, that's, and that's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I, I think that's what, uh, you know, James, you know, it's like this, this thing, I think it was going through James. It's, it's this thing of like enduring and persevering and, mm-hmm. you know, their, their lives, they didn't have time to, to sit around and discuss. No, they were literally just out. wanting to survive and, and spread the gospel message to the ends of the earth. And, and if you read this chapter, right, Paul literally talks about that. He's he's being fed to lions in Ephesus or whatever it was, right? <laughs> there, there's a quote at the end. It's I was crazy. <laughs> I read it when I was reading through here earlier. And um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, in the sermon notes, you could find it too. It says, Paul is like, and then he says, I face death every day as surely as I may boast about you, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, and he says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus as a mere man, what good did that do? Right. <laughs> I mean. And I read that, and I was like, it was almost as if I had read that for the first time. And I was right. like, I, <laughs> it's, where's that been the whole time? It's crazy. And yeah. it's like, it, <laughs> if we were facing what they were facing, like, how in the world, I don't know. you know, like, they're not worried about the things we're worried about. And, yeah. and that alone should be, like, enough of a lesson it's such an interesting <laughs> contrast when you think about us versus the position of the church in the, in the very early yeah first century when they were just like they were just on the run and trying to stay under the radar of a hostile government and we're like you know on the our government's s- hostile against us you know and it's like right and we're just it's really not. yeah it's not <laughs> and maybe like i get it like satan the prince and power right, the air of and the forces of darkness and evil yeah, there's always going to be that stuff but you know this is like, you know, th- this they were coming for him. You know, they yeah. they were. It's this like very living in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At some point, literally. And and they uh, had those things to face every day. That was their reality. And it wasn't how are we going to escape that reality. It was how does my theology walk me through this reality? Mm-hmm. And instead of having this construct of l- l- let's just nitpick a little bit, and I and I don't want to get into let's this nitpick. bashing. I'm all thing. about nitpicking. Yeah, but like this passage specifically is used to support the rapture. Uh, I think many many people use it to support <laughs> yep. the rapture, right? So, uh, you know, in t- in tying it together with First Thessalonians four, there there's many people that that use that for a frame of reference, but. How selfish is it to literally hear a guy saying, I'm, I'm literally cheating death, right, and, and to go with the theme of the message. I'm being uh, hunted, but he, but he doesn't even let himself off the hook because he's like, I hunted Christians. Right. He doesn't say this is unfair. He's actually concerned about his hunters. He's right. more than he's concerned about fleeing 
you know, than himself, a hundred percent. And he's he's in that position because he knows what the resurrection is. He's right. in that position because he has a full understanding of this theology and this mm-hmm. teaching. So uh, I just think it's so uh, presumptuous of us to say, oh, well, I just can't wait for the rapture. I yeah. can't wait to be taken out of this mess, you know, and the Lord's going to come back before it gets really bad. How many times have I heard oh that? Oh, my gosh. It's so irritating. And, and it's like, well, God would never let us go through that. And then you're like, okay, let's just let's crack open any textbook ever That's right. or the Bible. Yeah. Or or any and just and look at how bad you know look God's at people what have he suffered is historically, right? You know we need a reality check. But I think we've been trained to think that suffering is like, you know, we're like if we just pray hard enough and get on our knees, our country's going to turn around. And it's like well, historically, no, it's not. Yeah, you know, like we're we live in a hostile world that is going to be hostile to us. Like out of all the promises Jesus made, that's one of them, mm-hmm. is that you will endure tribulation. Yeah, like okay. So, but yet we're, we we want to run from that instead of allowing it to do something because it does. Right. Tribulation has always it has always pushed the gospel farther, and because mm-hmm. we're so comfortable, we yeah. we don't want it. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and not I'm to say that any, anybody really wants to suffer, but no. I think that no, no, no. I think that like if you asked Paul like, do you want to suffer? He would have been like, no, but I'm game. Yeah. You know, like if I have to, I will. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to, but I think it's an understanding of like, if this is what's necessary, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, why? Because I know that this isn't the end. Right. You know, because he had a full mm-hmm. working knowledge. Well, I shouldn't say full. He had what he needed. You know what I mean? There were still some mystery uh, things in there, but he, mm-hmm. but he had what he needed. And I think maybe this is a good spot to dovetail into this. You know, I talked about like, what is essential? You know, we, th- this is obviously a very essential doctrine. He takes a whole chapter and talks mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Coming from the gifts of the spirit and, and what that means for this church and, and how they were to operate in that. And so, you know, kind of making the point of like, what is essential? Um, you know, essential things are things that lead us to living holy. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul is like, right. look, this doctrine, it's very, it's vitally important. It is the foundation and the bedrock of the gospel. And, you know, it should affect your daily lives. It should affect the way you're living. And look, if it didn't happen, let's go eat, drink, and tomorrow we die. Who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. We know that's not the case. So, look, we are risen with Christ. And if that's the, if that's our current situation, then, you know, what's he say at the end? You know, don't, uh, don't keep sinning. You know, like, like be steadfast, unmovable, right? Like I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly what it was. It would probably, probably be helpful for me to pull out my notes here, but, um, let's see. I think, what are you looking for? I'm looking for, you know, the, um, the end. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't the end. I'm scroll. I'm, I'm scrolling back from the end here. Oh, okay. Did you did you find it? No. Do not be <laughs> deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. No, 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 no. Anyway, the come po- to your senses and stop sinning. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That where's that at? Uh, that's just verse thirty four. Yeah. Come yeah. to your senses and stop sinning. For some people are ignorant about God. And then he says, "I say this to your shame." <laughs> yeah. And there's there's more. There's more to that. Um, and I'm, I just need to, I just need to find it, but I'm scrolling and I haven't, uh, I don't have my, I just have the notes in front of me, but the point is, is like, he's, he's like, look, 
this is something that that you need to keep pursuing and that you need to keep running after. So it, it's just what a different perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what a different perspective he has. Um, and, and because of this doctrine. So just kind of dovetailing and talking about this thing of what is essential. Like we would do well as Christians to just think about like what we're consumed with. Mm-hmm. Are we consumed with things in this moment? that are going to lead to me being a better Christian that are going to lead, uh, lead me to loving people better and loving people more. Right. Or, or am I just arguing the point? You know what I mean? Am I, am I just belaboring a point or just thinking that something is, uh, because I'm, I, I don't know, fill in the blank. Why do you, you know, get to that place that you study what you study? You know, I just think that we sometimes have drifted from this thing of just the practical holy living, you yeah. know, and this this topic of the resurrection, it should lead us to that. It should lead us to living holy for sure. And I think one of the pitfalls of because I would say both of us have had left, uh, you know, not a lifestyle, but just mm-hmm. a, maybe a, a legalistic mentality. Sure. To some degree or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and the danger when you go from one extreme end, you know, you you tend to drift to the other extreme end. And I think yeah. for a lot uh, I scratch my nose there. Um, <laughs> I think for it. a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Christians. You know, they stray so far to the to the left or whatever end of the spectrum that would be. And it's like, oh, well, it's all good. You know, God loves me, you know, and Jesus, Jesus did the work. So I don't have to do anything. And like, well, that's, that's true. But at the same time, like you're by not living a holy sanctified life, you're denying the resurrection. Yeah, basically, like you're it right. does nothing matters, you know, because yeah. it, it it just it doesn't you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, we, we've got to get to, um, you know, a place where this affects who we are. It's not just a, a, a you know, a time card that we're punching. Right. And I think know. a lot of times we, we get in this mode where we view church as that, where it's a, huh? I'm going to pull up my Bible. Oh, okay. Um, we view church as just that, where we show up and we punch our time car- card and we're, <laughs> curd, curd, uh, time and, curd. And, and we're good. We're good people because we go to church. Mm. And while going to church, or should I say attending with the church, maybe a better way of putting that. Said no Calvi ever. <laughs> right. Um, but being a part of the church is not just showing up to a service and quote unquote hearing the word. Right. Uh, it's about communing and fellowshipping with others of the same faith. Mm. And there's a lot to that beyond just hearing a message. That's right. And honestly, for me, like I'm very, um, I'm very studious. And so my, you know, that's, that's something that I actively have to fight against because I don't like worship is not something that I'm like super, I'm very introverted, so I'm just not like I show up if I were <laughs> if I were in a position where I was just showing up for church, like I would care about the message and just show up after the singing was over mm-hmm. and then I would leave, you know, <laughs> because I, <laughs> you know, my natural state is just to, to just be studious and care about one thing. But that's not what church is. Yeah. Church isn't just about a message, even though it's kind of I guess evangelical churches like ours are built around and centered around the message, which is good. Right. But I'm, I'm just so studious and <clears throat> I'm so smart. Let me, let me disclaimer. And I, and I'm I not just, smart. And I, I just, just read all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm not saying is that I'm smarter than any of you. What you are saying. What I am saying is that I am inclined to only care about that to, right. the, to the point where it becomes an idol. No, I'm just um, messing with you. Huh? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Well, no, there's some yeah. truth to that. And I'm, you know, and if you know me, you know that I, you know, I go hog wild on, on things sometimes that I just don't need to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it becomes unproductive. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Well, I think that there's like an emotional element 
to church and to gatherings that is important. There is. But not everybody is inclined to that. Not ev- and, yeah. that's, and that's what I'm saying is <laughs> right. I'm just not the, the touchy-feely kind of thing. I'm just not there. Right. <laughs> that's why if you, you know, everybody around here knows that I'm just not a hugger. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you hugged me. And I'm like, well, I hugged you because I care about you and you like hugs. Not because I like hugs. Right. You know. Yeah, you didn't, <laughs> I didn't do this for me. Preferably, I don't touch people. Right. You know. Or smile at people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Not not a super emotional dude. I, I don't even know where that conversation was going. Yeah, but it's a conversation, yeah. so we're good. V- verse 58, th- there it is. So therefore, my, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable. So are you reading the CSB or the real Bible? <laughs> the CSB. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. The dynamic equivalent. Uh, shout out to the KJVers. Hey. Uh, I'm not one, but shout out to y'all. Therefore, man, you're just uh, creating waves today. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So, you know, that's the point. We're getting to this place where, you know, steadfast and movable, always excelling. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the goal here. Right. So anyway, I just had a few um, practical And if points. we're not, yeah, and if you're not engaged in trying to live, you know, quote, and I, can you maybe give some insight into the whole holy living thing? Because I feel like the whole <laughs> word and concept behind what we think about as holy is just not what it is. Well, what do you mean? What's what do you think people are? What do you think they struggle with about holy living? Well, I just just the implications of it. Like, if I were to say, like, what does holy living look like? What would you say? Because um, I think maybe in a, the in a word, I think like personally like what i think about is you know set apart something mm-hmm. that's consecrated so right. i think about something that has a specific purpose and so when i think about someone living holy i think about people that are living with purpose does, yeah does that make sense it does and uh, but i think that or maybe how i would interpret that mm-hmm. on you know maybe seven or eight years ago i would interpret holy living as like it is an active like you were engaged in like not partaking of certain aspects of everyday life that other people do just so you can look like you're separated like you're separate and you're weird which makes you holy you know but i i and i think that there's a part of there's a part of holiness that is abstaining from things and that's good and that's the problem with legalism is there's always like a portion of truth exactly you know like that's a part of it but it's less about it's less about what you don't do and more about what how are you dedicating your days? Right. Like, what is what is what does your life as a whole look point like? to? Mm-hmm. You know, and holy living can encompass you, or it it or that's a wrong choice of words, but it looks differently depending on who you are. Like, mm-hmm. are, is it expressed in how you choose to parent? Mm-hmm. Is it like, are you missionally raising your children? Are you missionally engaging with your spouse and and all of these different things in your life? Mm-hmm. Like, is the ultimate mission to be gospel-centered, or is it just to, you know, yeah. eat, drink, and be merry, as Paul would say? Well, I think that that's, you know, you're you're walking this line of what is it, mm-hmm. and what is it, what what's it not, right? Yeah. <laughs> what it's not, what it and is. And I think the secret right? sauce is maybe it is not, or is. Hmm. I'm so studious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. That was a poor choice of words. No, I love it. I'm just Sometimes berate you with that. I'm going to yeah. beat you over the head with that one. My for a brain while. is always like, my mouth is like 10 steps ahead of my brain yeah. all the time. Because I'm so studious. It's so studious. Mm. Yeah. No. But you know what I mean? Like, I think we want to say, like, oh, well, holy living is this. 
Yeah. Or isn't this. And but, it, but consider, right, the body of Christ and that the idea in this whole book is unity. Unity, even though we're all diverse. <laughs> different giftings, different ethnicities. Right. There will always be people. Different economic backgrounds. That's right. But there will always be people in the body of Christ that are meant to, like, portray holy living mm-hmm. by running towards something. And there will always be a personality and a group of people that are meant to portray holy living by what they don't do and mm-hmm. what they avoid. You know, it's you know, it's both, right? It is both. I'm just trying to articulate. I'm trying to break a stigma. I guess is what I'm. I know, you know what, what I mean. Like, there's, do, but there's I, and I think for me, it's more about like in and I guess the longer that I study, the longer I live. Because you're studious. Oh, you're no. the actual studious one. That I am not. Uh, nor would I claim to be. But my my point is, is like, it's it's less about how many walls can I erect around myself, mm-hmm. but how many can I break down to just give Jesus more, uh, more stuff to work with, right? Yeah. Um, a more level plane, you know what I mean, for folks to to get involved in the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. We alienate people when we say it has to look this way, act this way, be this way, mm-hmm. when the Lord clearly made us diverse. Yeah. When the Lord clearly gave us different giftings. And mm-hmm. so I think people and, and this isn't to say, you know, we're not we're not saying these things to beat other ministries over the head or any of that. Like right. we're you know, I'm I'm we're just here it. having a conversation. That's all we're doing. And you're a part of it. Yeah. But I, I think for me it's um it's meaningful and I, I'm I'm trying to remember exactly where I was headed with that, but um our little conversation bit got in the yeah. way of it. But my, my point is is like there's it's more inclusive right than it is exclusive mm-hmm. and you know some of those folks that it's just absolutely it has to look and act and and be viewed as this certain way they don't i don't think they realize it i don't think they see it i know they don't you know kind of especially where we come from where it's this this thing that is right and everything else is wrong mm-hmm. um that mentality in and of itself um it portrays one interpretation of holy living of being set apart from and they're they're just talking about distance like we have to mm-hmm. be we have to proximity like we have right. to be away from <laughs> we have to pretend we don't know who the the most common uh, hip hop artists are <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but the lord's called us to be in it yeah. the lord has called us mm-hmm. to um actually live holy in and through it you know mm-hmm. and and so um <laughs> it's a lot more messy you know, it's a lot more difficult. And it's a lot more difficult to wade what is right and what is wrong when you're kind of in the mix right. of things. Yeah. And but I think... Sorry, go ahead. Didn't well, mean to cut you off. That's okay. But to say... You're stu- you're the studious one. You can. But to say, uh, you know, this is um, this is what it is and, and you know, to alienate... It, it is it is a control thing. There yeah. is There is a control piece there. Um, and, and so I would just caution that and say, look, let doctrine lead you into this place where you're able to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. You're able to uh, learn from scripture and apply scripture in such a way that the Lord gets the glory. It doesn't, you're not able to be celebrated. Maybe that's another way of saying it. You know, you're not able to be celebrated in those things. Paul did not celebrate himself in this passage. In fact, um, you know, the very end of it, and I didn't get to this in in the 9 a.m., but the, the very end of it, um, it's verse number eight, but I, I put it at the end of the message. You know, Paul literally says, I'm as one born at the wrong time, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a one Greek word that the Septuagint uses that in one other place. And it's in Job talking about 
uh, a stillborn uh, baby. Uh, and when you think about one born at the wrong time, that fits, you know, yeah. the uh, the ideology of a stillborn baby. Mm-hmm. But uh, the wording does not fit in, in this text. It's right. like one born at the wrong time. What was he trying to say? And it's clear that he's trying to say something that we, we can't quite make or articulate mm-hmm. in this language. Right. Yeah. But when we see that it's this Greek word about Paul saying I was as one born at the wrong time. Paul's saying, I'm literally, my whole life, I'm a stillborn baby. I, I am a, uh, I, I'm dead to this, you know, and the, it, what's the verse at the very end here of the notes, Galatians? Galatians. Uh, read, read that verse. 15, or um, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. The life, the life, whoops, sorry, Evernote's being funky. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah. What I'm doing in the body is not me. The Lord is living through me. It, it's, it's just this incredible, it's Philippians 1.6. It's this theme that Paul is saying, I've ended me and the Lord has began. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's experiencing resurrection in in his current body he's experiencing it in the now in the before now. the actual eschatological resurrection that's right mm-hmm. and he is viewing his life as a part of the new kingdom and the new heaven and the new earth mm-hmm. and that's the concept that i'm like we have to blur the line right we have to blur the line from this world to the next yeah, you know, we sing this world is not my home. You know, do you, we sing? You that? might not sing it. We <laughs> might not sing it. But we're talking about that in the context of folks that that struggle with this thing, maybe of legalism. Like, um, boy, are you folks going to be disappointed when Jesus comes back here and he stays? <laughs> 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 yeah, but the 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 point for for me is when I read this and when I see this, it's not as much about creating this alternative universe, right? right. As we're not is, creating a subculture, right? As it is about just living in the kingdom of God now and how the Lord has given us that opportunity through his resurrection. Mm -hmm. He has given us that through his spirit. And Paul is like, if, if he hasn't been raised from the dead, we're miserable now. Mm -hmm. We don't get it now. And so I just think gospel living, holy living looks a little bit different, right? The force behind that is living, living like the resurrection is now because it is it is it is but it isn't already it's already but not but yet, not yet. Mm. yeah mm. i always think about when i think about holiness and this is a conversation that i had with uh who was he i'm not going to say his name but somebody in college say it. Um, one of the one of the gentlemen on the staff and he was telling me about he was like yeah there was this kid that used to attend here and he loved skateboarding and you know i told him that you know he was going to have to give that stuff up if he wanted to serve the lord and I was like, that is such a huge miss. And I think that it's so, for me, just how where I've progressed in my journey. Like, I, I came from a place there, and not there, like, geographically, but just where I was at, where I felt like to be somebody engaged in holy living and living a spiritual life, I had to become somebody else. I had to abandon my taste in music. I had to abandon my hobbies. Why? Because I needed to be holy and separated. And now my mindset has shifted to where I'm very comfortable and okay being who I am because I want the gospel inserted into all of those things. And it's not about, you know, it's not about, oh, I can't skateboard anymore because I want to spend more time serving Jesus. It's no, I skate and I don't skateboard. I do have a skateboard still from when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's Mm. in my garage. Um, or whatever you want to call that thing attached to my house. (laughs) (laughs) 
that may or may not have an engine torn apart on my workbench. Yeah. Um, You know, but it's not about like stopping doing that. It's about allowing allowing God to work through whatever that looks like in my life now. Yeah. You know what I mean? How can resurrection power play into this? Yeah. You know, how can it permeate? Mm -hmm. How can it make its way through? Well, Mm -hmm. it it can't make its way through if you're still living your own your own life. Yeah. Someone's Mm -hmm. calling me. And that's Paul's premise is he's like, listen, it's not me living. It's Christ who lives in me. Yeah. But Paul was still Paul. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. And Paul was still like he was reaching people as a tent maker. Yeah. It's part of who he was. That's he didn't right. stop being a tent maker because he wanted to serve Jesus. Yeah. We you know, he allowed Jesus to work through and out of what he was already doing. Yeah. The du- and the duplicity, right? Mm-hmm. It's a two sided coin. That's sure. that's what we need to do away with mm-hmm. of of this thing that we uh, th- and that's how we create multiple lives. That's mm-hmm. how we create the double exactly. standard. Yeah. You know, but they're thinking that they're not by saying, no, it's all about the standard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, gosh. It's just a huge no. mess. And I mean, they'll, you know, who whoever may disagree, they'll probably pick this apart six ways to Sunday, and that's fine. It's all good. Have We're it. just having a conversation. Have fun with your double lives. Because um, <laughs> we know... <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but it's just, it's such a, there is a fine line, yeah. but I think for me, it's just... You know, I found a lot of freedom and ultimately what I feel like Christian freedom is knowing that like I can be who I am and who God made me to be. And, you know, Jesus makes me (laughs) right that very and Jesus empowers me and makes me the better version, the better than I could version of you, the best version. And not to sound like a self-help book, but I feel like just (laughs) I'm just picking at you. Yeah. Conversation (laughs) over. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, but I feel like who I am has been. He has been amplified through who I am That's because right. I allow him to do that. Um, not in a, in a prideful way. I, you know, I feel like I strive to live a gospel centered life, yeah, well, which you would expect because I'm a pastor, but, um, you've embraced the fact that you're made in his image. I'm made in his image right. and I, you know, and my interests and hobbies and all of these different things that are the makeup of who I am can be used to glorify God. Right. That's right. Usually. Well, sometimes I've got, not. <laughs> I've got an appointment that I've got to be at soon. Ooh, what so, time is uh, it? Yeah, we got to roll. Oh gosh, yeah, That's you do okay. have to roll. But it, it's all good. This has been a good conversation. And yeah. listen to the message. Go back. Please there's go listen to the message. Very helpful things. Of course, there's a lot of things that we did not get into. Um, but that's what your Bible studies for. You know, there's a lot of mysterious things that are in there. There are a lot of questions that are answered just by reading the chapter. Yep. Um, it's a I, lot. First Corinthians 15 is great. So much. There's go so read much it. In go there. listen to the message. Yeah, check it out. And there's so much in there, just like a ravioli. <laughs> Beat you to it. It's in there. <laughs> yeah, I would have said it. But um, thank you for joining us yeah. and hanging out with us for a little bit. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next week. Yeah, God bless you. God bless. Do less. Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.